Logical Progression, Year 4, Chapter 15, Lesson 3. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah rabbil alameen, Allahumma salli wa sallam, baraklana bina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Okay, so, can you just clear all that uh, from the screen? Um, the, uh, in the last lesson, what we did is basically an introduction to uh, sun and moon and all that kind of behavior. And now I'm, uh, uh, I want to go back to, um, actually the text said that the prayer time starts with Dhuhr. Dhuhr starts after Zawal. And so that's where we basically got to. We explained how Fajr works. So now we're going to work uh, and, and explain how Zawal works. Now, as we said, Zawal from Zala, which means to go, to remove. Okay, So it's almost the Zawal is when it starts to actually move away from what it, where it used to be. And it starts to now come down. Now I'm going to explain that here. Okay, so we've got the diagram up, Shaz. So I want you to imagine that here is a person. Okay. All right. Can you see that? Yeah. Now, this is a guy. And if the sun is, is the sun's highest point is here. Yes. When the sun yani, stands still, basically, as we said, is, is there, isn't it? Yes or no? Sure? Sure? You're at an angle. Good, thank you. Okay, at least someone's awake, all right? So that's not correct, okay? Oh, it's gone. So we're at an angle, and so the sun, when it reaches its highest point, okay, it's actually here. right there that's where it is now I know that looks strange but that's actually how it works that is the angle that it will create when it's at its highest point and it's still for that as as of the bus it's only a few seconds but as far as we're concerned all right it's like 10 15 minutes now here's what happens on the ground when the sun reaches that absolute super high point which is technically called midday by the way all right but it doesn't mean 12 o'clock, but it's midday. So obviously the, 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 the UK system calls it midday. It's, it's, it's rays, okay, are going to come down. Yeah? It's light. And as this light comes down, yeah, it's going to create a shadow. Now, that is how much shadow it's going to create before the sun has even moved. Does that make sense? Remember, this is its highest point. This is point zero. Point zero. The sun is creating a shadow even at point zero. Why? Because it's at an angle. Does that make sense? And that is why when the sun now starts to move this way, okay, it will reach this part. And then it will come all the way down there and it will reach this part. When it reaches these parts, it will cast a shadow. The shadow will be like that, and then it will be like that. Each time that it casts a shadow, when it's at when it's at this point, okay, when it's at this point, it's going to create a shadow, which is this long. This is why the Prophet ﷺ said that the asr in the first hadith, the asr starts when the shadow is the same length as the original object. So this this shadow here, all right. This shadow here 
is the same length as this person here, plus the shadow at the original time. Because at point zero, there was this shadow here. Can you see that? And then when the sun then goes down further to the to the what well, on the second day was the start time of Asar, okay, which we call in normal parlance Hanafi time. You know, you have Shafi'i Asar and Hanafi Asar. So this is this is uh, uh, Shafi'i Asar, one time shadow, and this is Hanafi Asar, both supported by hadith, double length. Now, if you follow its shadow, look at the length, okay? And so what's described here? We have a length, this length here, which is twice the length of the guy. Okay? It's twice the length of the guy. <laughs> As you can see, art was never my strong point, and this pen is the worst on the planet. Yep. Okay? But remember, heart attack. And then there's the original shadow as well at point zero. Make sense? Okay? You must never forget that original point. Now, what's really good is for you to practically do this with your families and your kids and whatever, whatnot, okay? At that, in your garden. Stick up, put, 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 yeah, no, in, in, not now. But today was a good day, though. Today was a very good day, all right? Stick up, a, put a stick, and watch the, the shadow, and you'll see the shadow in the morning of the stick, it will start to decrease, 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 yeah? And then it will come to a point where the, where the movement stops. Where the movement stops is effectively zawal. Then you'll start to see increasing. As it increases, then you can see that when the shadow becomes as long as the stick plus what it was at point zero, when the sun had stopped, quote-unquote, that's now the beginning of Asr time. And you can actually check on the cal your calendar and see how close and far away you are from it. It's a good exercise to try is that clear everybody so now then back to the sun and as it's going down going down going down as you can imagine this is now starting to take a lot of color and that's why you see hadith which talk about the yellowness of the sun and it's not permitted to pray when the sun is yellow what does that mean we're going to come to hadith later which will show you that once the sun starts to get to this kind of stage here okay what we might what we might call the last hour before maghrib this is a makru time to pray. This is a hated time to pray the Asr prayer. The prayer Asr should always be early. So in this time period here, this time period here, one should avoid praying Asr unless absolutely necessary because you've forgotten it, because you're late or whatever. And the way to know this by time is to imagine the last hour before Maghrib. The way to know it by observation is that the sun itself becomes very, very colorful. It takes on a very strong color. Is that clear? Now I'm going to explain to you something called the twilight. The sun will then get to this point here. Okay? And then it will start to set. And it will go down. Once the sun disappears this is called sunset once you cannot see the disc anymore once the disc goes that's when maghrib kicks in maghrib kicks in now i'll tell you what's very interesting i think i mentioned this last the two weeks ago or the week not two weeks ago but the two lessons ago okay that um if you look at sunset on an iphone it's telling you the actual time that the disc disappears and the muslims add on a couple of minutes because they just want to make sure right okay now i said to you that there is no, there's no issue here. Here, right, we're happy to take their legal definition. because That's very important because we're not happy to take the next definitions they're going to give us. They're going to give us a number of definitions. We're not going to take them. But their definition for sunset 
we're happy with because the definition of sunset is actually quite straightforward. It's a disappearance of disc. For the Muslims, it's the disappearance of a disc. And for the non-Muslims, it's the disappearance of a disc. And so once that disc actually comes down, then it does the prayer has kicked in. Is that clear? Okay. Now I want you to watch this. All right. This is very, very important. Okay. Let's get rid of all this. Right. Now we're back to the, the sun. Maghrib has kicked in. Okay. And the sun has now gone off the horizon. You can't see it. Okay. There's still light. Agreed, everybody? There's still light. And actually, there's a lot of light you'll see that it's still shooting off a lot of light. And here's the interesting thing. It's a mixture of light. Would you agree? A lot of redness, a lot of yellowness, and a lot of white, and so on and so forth. What's going to happen is that this sun is going to continue its journey downwards. Okay? Even though, of course, it's not moving, as we said before. And what do you think is going to happen as it keeps going down? What's going to happen? It's going to get darker, okay? And this light is going to start to become very weak. Would you agree? And then here, alright, darkness is going to start to really, really now get stronger. Is that clear? And that's very important. Now I want you to now look at what's happening here. We have an angle. Have you noticed that we can, we can see an angle with the horizon? If you look at the horizon, this is an angle. Is that clear? You see that angle there, everybody? Yes? That is an angle. It's the, and this is what we call the solar elevation angle. Okay? It's the angle that's created when you use the center of the sun versus the straight line of the horizon. So we can see, whenever the, uh, the sun reaches a particular point, we can actually determine its angle. So, for example, we can say that's one angle, there is this angle, there's that angle, okay? Now, in this country, and in the US actually, they create three important angles, okay? Three angles, which they determine legal uh, positions. They determine, for example, when the streetlights come on, they determine when it becomes legal to mount operations in the sea, and there's a, there's a technical one, which is the start of nighttime, as far as they're concerned. The first angle is 0 to 6 degrees. So we're going to assume it's, it's this one here. Okay? This one here. So this is, this is 6 degrees. Then there is this angle, which is 12. And then this is that as 18. So I can't write with this damn thing because it's absolute rubbish. Ugh. Okay, that's 6. That's 12. Unbelievable, this is rubbish. And that's 18. Okay. So that's 6. This is 12. And this is 18. At 6 degrees, it's called civil twilight. Civil. Oh, I'm just embarrassed using this. Can't I use my normal pen chairs? No. It won't work on it. No, it's not. Okay. Um. At civil twilight, the sun is only six degrees off the horizon. Would you agree that's quite close? Yeah? If it's only six degrees off the horizon, it's quite close. 
because it's only there look so that means that the sun is just here all right now that means that it's actually spreading quite a lot of light and it means that for civil purposes meaning human normal purposes with normal eyes for um an hour odd we can carry on walking carry on driving carry on doing stuff outside and it's not going to affect us that makes sense that's why they call it civil twilight and they have created that angle not based on any other thing other than they observed it and they observed it and they realized you know what now it started to become a bit uncomfortable now so let's stop it right now they looked at the angle calculated it it worked out of six degrees and i believe Anyway, I can't remember all the legal points, but car lights, for example, becomes obligatory after six degrees, this kind of thing. All right? That's the point. Then we enter into what's called nautical twilight, okay? Which is six to 12, which is this entire angle, okay? And nautical twilight basically means that between six and 12 degrees, you will be able to, when you're sailing, still be able to see things on the horizon and not have a big crash or whatever. And then you have this angle okay which is 18 obviously that's not 18 degrees it's not to scale but i'm just because i have the fattest thing here possible okay and i can't write anything on it but this is 18 degrees okay this is called astronomical twilight between 12 and 18 degrees it's now starting to become too dark for people to be outside too dark for ships to be sailing and it's too dark for practical purposes after 18 degrees the UK, the US and Western governments, they believe that outside is now, it, it's now there's no more twilight left. The twilight in the sky has now disappeared. Okay? It's now gone. So after 18 degrees, it's dark. Is that clear, everybody? Okay? That is the point from a scientific point of view. Now, I, I remind you, this solar elevation angle, which is the angle which is created between the horizon and, and, and the thingy, which is here, the solar elevation angle, these figures are purely human endeavors they have nothing to do with the islamic law at all why is that because our sharia is not based upon having a calculated angle for the people but entirely based upon observation so how do we look at twilight then if the non-muslims they and scientists they see it as three separate twilights what do we uh, look at do we look at civil twilight astronomical twilight and so on let me first of all give you some estimations let me give you some estimations okay um, at the 1st of April, because we're getting into kind of dangerous time, but at 1st of April, six, civil twilight, which is 6 degrees, probably means about 45 minutes after, half an hour to 45 minutes after Maghrib. That's when civil twilight would end. Nautical twilight, 12 degrees, you're looking at roughly about 45 minutes to an hour. Okay? Roughly about an hour for 12 degrees. 18 degrees... 18 degrees you're looking at about an hour 45 maybe two hours one hour 50 and that basically means that after maghrib if you were to look an hour 50 after you're pitch black you're into pitch black does that make sense now that is roughly a time scale what do we now care about for our own prayers what's important for us let me show to you what's important for us oh my goodness the thing is gone shaz there we go what a shot oh my god i have killed it yes there we go oh shut up okay let's go
Okay, that's it. Done. So, it's okay. Listen, I want you to now listen carefully and watch this, okay? The light in the sky, the twilight in the sky, uh, you can come off that now, Shaz. I want you to, I'm going to explain it myself. Once the sun sets and you look outside, we've got the light. That's called twilight. As far now, we're not speaking scientifically. I've already given you three grades of light. And remember, by the way, that light is the rays of the sun interacting with the dust in the sky and the particular angle that it's at, and that creates the purples, the blue, the, the, the reds, the oranges, and whatever. Now listen. As far as we're concerned, from a Sharia point of view, there's only two twilights. There's the light in the sky which is red, and there's the light in the sky which is white. And this is called the Shafaq. In, in the Sharia or in Arabic, a twilight is called Shafaq. And we have two Shafaqs Shafaq al Ahmar or Shafaq al Abyad, the red twilight and the white twilight. And when we look at the hadith, as we're going to in detail, okay, the, de the, the determination of Salatul Isha, as we saw in the hadith of Jibreel, is based upon what? What happened on the first day? What did Jibreel do? To the Prophet ﷺ, he told him to pray on the first day when what? Oh, I forgot to record the thing. No, no. What did I say? When the twilight disappears. Yes? Jabir said that he prayed the Isha prayer on the first day when the twilight disappeared. Agreed? What question should you be asking? Which twilight? Well done. Okay? Which twilight? Because we have two. And if you go and observe, for example, today was perfect example. Today there was a very clear, vivid red twilight. And there's a very vivid, clear white twilight. Which if you to walk out now, you will still see the remnants of it right now. And for the next 10-15 minutes, you will see the remnants. And we believe that in the next 10 minutes, that white twilight is going to start to go completely. Alright? However, the red twilight, the red twilight has already started to disappear. Now, nowabouts. Maybe a little bit earlier and so on and so forth. Don't you look, everyone's looking at the sky. You can't see anything yani, from the lights that are in our eyes now. And also the fact that when we look outside... Do you want to go outside? Hmm? No, we don't want to go outside. You and your technological bookwash are going to give me one pen. I'm right. <laughs> so, <laughs> what an attack. You can't write. So, um, when you look at that, when you look at the sky and you see the redness, okay, you will actually be able to very clearly determine with your eyes that the redness will disappear and there will be a white residue left. And then a number of minutes later, 15, half an hour, two hours, it depends upon time of year, angle where you are, country where you are, etc. The whiteness will also disappear. Does that make sense? It's very interesting that the hadith indicate very clearly that the Shafaq, as Abdullah ibn Umar said, huwa al-Ahmar. Abdullah ibn Umar said that the Shafaq is the Ahmar. And that's why Imam Malik, Imam al-Shafi'i, Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, and then who, what we call the two companions, as-Sahibain, meaning the two main uh, companions and students of Ibn Taymiyyah, of uh, Abu Hanifa. And then the majority of the scholars since then, they have all taken the opinion that the twilight that needs to disappear for Isha to enter is the red twilight. Okay? Which would therefore be the, an earlier time or a later time for Isha? An earlier time. 
As for Imam Abu Hanifa, alayhi rahmatullah, he stuck to his guns and he said, no, that the shafaq that needs to disappear is the white twilight. And that's why if you were to follow, not the Hanafi madhab, because the Hanafi madhab has been formulated by the two companions, right? And the Hanafi madhab follows the majority of the scholars. Even though you still find some Hanafis that are stick true to what Abu Hanifa said. But the Hanafi madhab and all the madhab, you'll see their Isha time is going to be earlier. Whereas if you follow the school of, or if you follow Abu Hanifa himself, then your Isha will be later. Is that clear? So, here's the next point, which is interesting, right? Is that made now? Does that make all sense? Yes? Now, remember the other thing, that this works vice versa as well for Fajr. When we start to come to certain times of the year when the light is constant, which is going to happen in a couple of weeks, the light is going to be constant, not only at Isha time, but in Fajr time as well. There will be constant light. And as I said, as I described it before, that's down to the angle. Yes? Of our ball, if you look at it, when the sun is shining down and you're so far high up on the actual, uh, your latitude is so high, when this is rotating anti-clockwise, we're still getting a, a constant residue of light. I was looking at the calculations. Listen to me carefully. I was looking at the calculations and it said that on June the 21st in London, in London, there will be no, the sun will not go past 16.1 degrees. The sun will not go past 16.1 degrees underneath the, the, the horizon. Remember the solar elevation angle that we created? Let me make the other. Okay, yeah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. La ilaha illallah. 
Okay, so um, what was I talking about? Yeah, so I was saying that the twilight uh, issue um, is the same in the morning and the and and uh, and, and evening. And what's very interesting is that in on the twenty first of June, when they measured the solar elevation angle to see basically um, if if you if you look at it from um, you got the diagram up? this this angle here, okay, this angle here, it never was reached. So actual dusk, dusk by the way, is the actual definition when darkness kicks in. Dusk is Isha, but not how they understand it. They have three dusks, they call it civil dusk, nautical dusk, and astronomical dusk. We just say use dusk in its linguistic sense, which is the onset of darkness and the absence of twilight. Yep, so, the, so that dusk is actual definition of Isha, which is a level of darkness which allows us to actually pray Isha. That's what dusk is. What's dawn? Dawn is the exact opposite of dusk, right? So if we're dusk is the actual disappearance of all light, dawn is the reappearance of light. Dawn is, in Arabic, Fajr. <laughs> okay, I know that yani, your brains are fried, but that's okay, alright? Fajr, okay, so dawn is Fajr, and dusk is Isha, okay? Dusk is darkness. And dawn is light. It's not sunrise. Sunrise is too late. So sunrise is an hour and a half after dawn. Okay? Odd. Anyway, so in London, 16.1 degrees, the sun never ever got, went below. And in Scotland, on the same date, it never went below 10.1, 10.3 degrees. I'll tell you what that basically means. It means that in London, it's actually, not, it's actually quite dark. 16 degrees is actually quite dark, right? The amount of light that, that comes up onto the horizon when the, the sun is 16 degrees off the horizon is actually quite dark. As you can imagine, 16 is nearly near 18. It's nearly dark. Whereas in Scotland, okay, it didn't even go past 10, which is just past, nautic, it's like just past nautical twilight, which means that in actual Scotland throughout the entire summer period, it's really light outside. And I've witnessed that myself when I went to Aberdeen during the summer, which is near the north. And it was exactly like that. I found it. And in Manchester, we're not a million miles off as well. If, if that's 10 and London is 16, we're probably 12. And that's nautical. That means, and that's, that, that fits. When you look outside during the summertime, you will see that constant twilight. And so we have a problem now. With a constant level of, with, with no actual night entering, actual night entering, or so, as some people will claim, I'll tell you something interesting. Who are the people who are going to say that night doesn't enter? No. Well, yes, correct. You're right. Absolutely. Because for them, 18 degrees is what the definition of night is, proper darkness. But who else is going to say night doesn't enter? If, if we're using the figures that I just mentioned. 16. No. Sorry? No. No. Yeah. It will be those who will be following Abu Hanifa. And they will say the Isha doesn't even enter. And that this phrase, by the way, whenever you hear this phrase, the Isha doesn't enter, you know that there is Hanafi agenda going on. Okay? When you hear it. Okay? Because they're the only ones who are going to say it. But why are they going to say it? Because they're not depending upon the redness to disappear. 
they want the whiteness to disappear. You see? And the whiteness isn't going to disappear. If that sun is only going to reach 10 degrees or 12 in Manchester or 16 in London, by definition, it hasn't got to 18. By definition, there's going to be whiteness in the sky. And therefore, by definition for them, the sun was, is, is never actually getting dark because the whiteness is in the, in the sky. Whereas we'll say, but if you go with the majority position, the majority of scholars, which is the redness, then we'll argue that the redness disappears every night. The redness disappears every night. Not only does the redness disappear every night, but the redness appears every morning as well. This is essential for you to understand. It's only five minutes left. I want you to really concentrate. Okay? When we look at May and June and we see all these very late Yani Isha times, the one thing that you'll be able to determine is that in general, the redness, give or take 10, 15 minutes, will disappear before we pray Isha. That's what we're waiting for. We're waiting for the, the redness to disappear and then we'll jump into Isha. The flip side is at Fajr time. Remember I told you that Fajr starts when the light comes onto the horizon. That light is always white, okay, in principle. But as I said to you before, if you only depend upon white light, that's actually a very early, early time. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ in the hadith, he said that the Fajr is al-humr al-mustatir, is when there's redness upon the horizon. Meaning that we do not want to start our Fajr time until we see a bit of redness start to enter onto the actual horizon spreading along the sky. So we want not just white light, but we want red light. And that's the onset of Fajr. And when it comes to the onset of Isha, we want the disappearance of the red light and therefore we can pray. Does that make sense? Now why is this important? It's important because now in a couple of weeks time as you see Isha is getting very late and is struggling, we're struggling to keep up with it. We're praying our Isha Jama'ah at 1 hour 45 minutes after Maghrib, almost. Okay, uh, By the time that we come to Thursday, that's what it will be. Uh, sorry, um, uh, at, uh, on Friday, that's how much, it uh, how much it was because we only change our prayer times once a week. If you were to change the prayer times every day like some masajid do, you will not notice the difference. The Maghrib and Isha will always be about 1 hour, 30, 40, whatever. But if you, pray, if you change the prayer times only once a week, then it means that on a couple of days of the week, there's going to be a big gap between Maghrib and Isha. And then on the day before you change, there's going to be a, a small gap. Now, as you can imagine, if we were to continue this throughout May and then June, we'll be ending up praying our Isha at some time around 12 o'clock. And that's going to be a problem for a number of re reasons. Number one, it becomes too difficult for people who are actually working, studying, and so on and so forth. And the Prophet ﷺ, when he delayed the Isha, he said that if it wasn't for the fact that I would make this too difficult upon my nation, I would have obligated the people to pray at this time. But he didn't, which indicates that there is an idea, there is a concept that exists that we should be easy upon the people when it comes to prayer times. Number one. Number two, when you're talking about prayer times, it's different for the congregation than for the individual. The individual is always recommended to delay and pray at a later time when it comes for Isha. However, the congregation is always about taking account of older people, younger people, jobs, sick people, etc., etc. And so it's therefore to help the community. The third consideration is this. The Prophet ﷺ himself has shown us in this hadith of Jibreel that we just covered, that on the second day, he prayed the Isha after a third or a half of the night. If we take either opinion of a third or a half, what that shows is that there is a natural limit to the night. And that means that it has to be before midnight. Now, if I told you before that midnight is not 12 o'clock, okay? Midnight depends upon the length of the night of that particular night. So what time is midnight tonight? Who's going to give me the answer? What time is midnight tonight? 
Good. It is around 12 at the moment. Okay? It's around 12. Now, I want you to think about that. Okay? Uh, it's around 12, not because midnight is 12, but because we said that midnight is take Maghrib and then take Fajr and divide by 2, and that is midnight. And that is roughly about 12. Now, here's the interesting thing. When it gets into this summer period of time, you will find different opinions on what, how to actually pray Isha. You'll find different yani, opinions of when which we actually start that prayer time. One of those opinions is going to be that, look, we observe the sun in certain locations, and we noticed that it was following a very set pattern every single day. The twilight disappeared at this time, and they measure it for one whole year. They take all those times and they put it into the computational system and therefore they're able to calculate the solar elevation angle that the light disappeared at. There are a number of scholars that consider that to be 18 degrees. They consider it to be 18 degrees. And what they did therefore, they said, is that 18 degrees is so important because it works outside of the summer period of time. We're going to apply it in the summer as well. And that's why last year, last couple of years, we've been hearing this controversy where the people saying, no, you have to stick to 18 degrees, and if you don't, then your prayers are cancelled, blah, blah, blah. And when you stick to 18 degrees as an opinion, two things happen, which are very interesting. Number one, the Isha prayer doesn't actually enter until after midnight. I want you to just listen to the absurdity of that point, okay? And the second thing which happens is that you will pray Fajr at a time where outside there is absolutely zero indication of any light. Forget about any redness, about even any proper change in light. Remember, as I said, that even in the summer period of time, the uh, midnight, the midnight itself will still be the darkest moment of the night, even though there's perpetual twilight, there's continuous twilight. So I want you to understand that it's very important for us to appreciate what the twilight means, Shafaq al-Ahmar wa Shafaq al-Abyad, the disappearance of the red and the disappearance of the white, and how it impacts this community as well. Because we will rule in this masjid upon the redness of the twilight. And that's what allows us to pray our Isha at a manageable time. If we were to rule by the white twilight, we would be praying Isha now about 11 o'clock, and in a month's time past 12 o'clock. And that would destroy the community, and it would cause a real big problem for everyone. So there's a number of points there. Anyway, we're going to cover these points slowly over the next few weeks, inshallah, as we actually go through. We'll take one or two quick questions, inshallah. Yes. Um, did they keep the 18 degrees? I mean, did they uh, figure it out in winter and they kept it because it was winter and they kept it for the summer? Correct. There are a number of logical flaws in the way they apply 18 degrees. They worked it out in winter and then they applied it in a time where the uh, astronomical conditions are not following the winter reality. It's, it's, it's supremely obvious, but they reject this point. I'll tell you another bigger flaw. Another flaw is that they calculate the degree issue in different parts of the world, which is even more ridiculous because you are talking about a different position on the globe, which is then applied to a different position on the globe. So they're not matching up. So for example, a degree which is used to calculate Isha in Mecca, which is equatorial and very standard, will not work for a northern latitude country like Denmark or the UK or Scotland and so on. So there's a number of flaws in the system. But yeah. So 
So what Nasser said is that why are we even talking about light when we have the hadith of Nu'man bin Mashir, which is narrated in the Sunan of Abu Dawood, where he said that I am the most knowledgeable of all of you on, of, of the time of Isha. Wallahi, it is when the sun, when it is when the moon sets on the third night of the new month. So it was, as Nasser said, a, an expression of time. Does that make, make sense, his question? He's saying, we have a time. So why are we going by uh, light? And the reason for that is actually very clear. Because the Prophet ﷺ has declared our prayer of Isha based upon a number of factors. Number one, observation. Ayat and the Quran and the hadith of actually look and see. Number two, a time period as Nu'man described. Which by the way I calculated myself for that period of time was over two hours. Which shows that sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Number three, Another observation. For example, Abdullah ibn Umar, he said that we would, we would start to pray Isha when there will be ishtibaq al-nujum, when we start to see the stars start to join up. What does that mean? If you look at after Maghrib, you will only see one star. After 10 minutes, you will see two stars. And after an hour, you will see five stars. But after an hour and a half, you will suddenly realize because the darkness has, has, has now soaked in, all of those stars are connected. And so we have a number of different yani, uh, measures to be able to see. So the presence of the hadith does not negate that there are other ways of looking at it. Rather, what it proves is that there needs to be a multi-dimensional approach to actually working out the prayer time and not like what people are doing today, which is it's a degree-based thing and it's a calculation-based thing. So you need to know maths, calculations, soul elevation angles and stick to it and create timetables. We say no. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made this deen for every single person be able to see it and then act upon it. We can see when the stars group together. We can see when light disappears. We can see when it becomes dark. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. We have to cut there for now for Isha. We will pray, we will pray, um, we will play, sorry, the Isha. And uh, I will do the questions uh, and answers on the forum myself later in a couple of days. Jazakumullah khair. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika. Shadu an la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfirukallahumma wa atubu alaykum. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah.